0: All right, welcome to a Friday of lacrosse. Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. All right, are we good, Adam? Are we good? All right. And can you hear Bing Crosby in the background? You can You can. Okay. Uh we're streaming. We're doing this uh we're doing this over. You might be quiet. You might be a little quiet. We'll have to go. Adam Murphy's joining me. He's the uh the owner of what's called the Big Bang LLC. It's a techie company out of Milwaukee. He's going to be my political blowhard on a Friday. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Turgowski couldn't. He's got like he's got finals to grade or something. So he's, you know, he's working. He's working on a Friday. Yeah. Um all right. So a couple of things that I want to talk about and and if uh, if anyone's listening and wants to text and go, "Hey, it's the sound is bad." Because we're experimenting here with uh, with doing this over the over the Zoom, so to speak. But if any, a couple of things we want to talk about, you want to talk about, I should say, are taxes, beer and liquor, and EVs. (laughs) But I will say two things before we get to that. First of all, we have a bike track now in downtown Lacrosse. So um, it's two lane road down Second Street, and then on the right side of, or well, on the one side of the road is a is it's a painted green and it's a bike track. So it's two lanes of bicycle traffic, right? And what's funny is everybody drives down it <laughs> like it's just it looks like and there's there's pillars in between the traffic in, in between the roadway and the bike lane. But everyone goes down this green road and nobody thinks. And so today I was so I had my dog. She's in, in studio here and we walked through rotary lights and I'll get to that in a minute. But three cars were driving down the bike. By- so like one person does it and then the next person follows, I'm sure. And it just, it doesn't feel abnormal except that there's these pillars to your left and you're driving on a green painted road with little bicycle pictures on it. So super, I don't know if it's funny, but it is kind of funny. So, all right, we're going to take our first news break. All right, we're going back to the traditional. Well, for me, it's a it's a landline, but for Adam, I th- he's on a cell phone, 608 785 7914. Thanks to a couple of people that texted and said, Yeah, we can't hear Adam. So, uh, that Thanks. was the. Appreciate that was- it. Oh, and now you're really loud. There we go. I got to turn my own. You're good. I've got to turn my own volume down because obviously I had to make some concessions to hear you before. Um, all right. So, everybody, I'm sorry about that. We, we were trying to get the Facebook stream, uh, to look a little better. It's going to be a YouTube stream at stream at some point, Scream as well. Um, Adam Murphy, again. Uh, My political blowhards and uh, he ran for he's our failed U.S. Senate candidate. You could thank (laughs) him for Ron Johnson. Um, You know, Adam. Okay, this wasn't on the list, but let's talk about this real quick. I I always we're just going to rehash you running for Senate. But there was a bill that got a committee hearing. It hasn't got a committee hearing in the, the in the Senate for two years, but it got a committee hearing. And this is the funny thing. So rank choice voting. I don't know if you saw that this got a committee hearing um but rank choice voting in wisconsin it would be for u.s congress so for u.s senate and u.s house and essentially final five voting you're familiar with that right yep absolutely i think it's a great idea now this would have uh this would have let you stay in the race right if we would have had final five voting all the 12 13 candidates that were running for u.s senate against ron johnson would have stayed in the race
1: uh, yeah, actually, you would have had several. In, um, and it would have been interesting to see if there would have been any conservatives that might have challenged Ron Johnson. Uh, it also opens things up for third party candidates. Right. So uh, normally we don't see in in the U.S. Senate races, we don't see a lot of like Libertarian or Green Party. Uh, I right. see that at the presidential level or, or the, for the governor. Um, so, yeah, it absolutely would have would have opened things up, whether it would have been for me or not, is is. Uh, you know I would have depended on whether I ra- uh, rated high enough or ranked high enough yeah but I think it's it's a great idea we've got it in a couple of states we've got it in several uh, municipalities across the country and it really opens up options for voters which is always what I think is important
0: yeah because we go through a primary and then Ron Johnson is on the ballot with Mandela Barnes and also on the ballot with you and uh, Sarah Godlewski and uh, Alex Lazary. so you would have all been on the same ballot and I would have just I would have just voted for the one person in the primary. So before the fi- final election, I would have just been like, okay, who do I like the most? And I would have just right. picked, and, and you know, honestly I would have picked you. And then we would have, if you would have made the fi- top five of that, you know, let's just say it was like 13 people, then you move on to the final ballot. And then when we get our ballot to in the, and then November election, right. The presidential election, or I guess it wasn't presidential at that point out, was it? It wasn't right. Um, no. It was off year election, but it was a, you know, a, a November election and you, you rank them. So if I rank Adam Murphy, number one, cause, but, but Mandela Barnes is like the, Oh, we only, we only can vote for Mandela Barnes because if we don't vote for him, then, you know, we're, our, our vote, our democratic vote is split. So no longer do you worry about the vote being split. Uh, this is this is easier to explain, right, with Donald Trump and Joe Biden on the ballot, right? It's a little bit easier, because in this regard, Donald Trump would be on the ballot, Joe Biden on, would be on the ballot, and three other people, and you would just rank who you like the most.
1: Right, and so, especially for independent voters. Um, uh, you know, go back to, say, the, um, the Clinton, uh, the 2016 Clinton-Trump. In that election, there was... Uh, in a normal election, about three percent of the voters vote for independent candidates so green party libertarians whatever in that election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, it actually jumped to six percent because there were a lot of people that didn 't like Trump and a lot of people that didn 't like Hillary right. so they chose somebody else um, It would give more people that option and and be valid in the 2020 election because of what happened. The independent vote dropped to one percent because people were like, I can't vote independent now because I either really don't like Donald Trump or I really do like Donald Trump one way or the other. Yeah. And so independent voters really kind of got screwed uh, even more so than they normally do in the 2020 because we all knew it was going to be a really close race. Um, we knew it was going to be really competitive, and there was either very strong support for or a lot of uh, opposition to Donald Trump.
0: So I love the idea of ranked voting. Yeah, this this coming election is ridiculous because we're only we're not even voting for president anymore. We're voting for not president. Like I I, right. I almost feel like everybody, and you can you can like Joe Biden to an extent, but like come on, <laughs> like so everybody. Sure uh is is uh, not everybody but like i feel like most people are going to go to the ballot and with rank choice voting i could go to the ballot and just vote for i'm just going to do like you know i don't the 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 other candidate the the jill stein will be on the ballot again right like she's the green party candidate i don't even know anything about her i just i think it's it's goofy at this point and and instead of if i voted for jill stein the way it is now like my friend will probably do this and i'll yell at them and i go hey you're only going to be three to six percent of the vote, and your vote's wasted. But if we had ranked choice voting, you would vote for Jill Stein, and then you would vote for whoever else you want, and you could put Joe Biden fourth and Donald Trump fifth. And if Jill Stein doesn't win and she's the bottom vote getter, your your vote goes to your your second on your rankings, yep. and so your vote is never missed. Like your vote gets counted, and yep. and somebody only wins when they get fifty percent of the vote. Which I also think is important because then at least somebody that got the majority of the vote won the election, <laughs> which is very well, that's important.
1: A great, yeah, that's a great point, too, right? Because in the last, uh, you know, and, uh, you, again, you go back to the 2016, um, and with 6% uh, or so that, that voted for neither of them, yeah, uh, uh, neither candidate, I mean, Hillary Clinton got just as many votes as Barack Obama did in 2012. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 3 million more than Trump, but neither of them got the the majority as far as, uh, I, I don't think Hillary made the, the majority, uh, but neither of them got the majority of, of the popular vote. And then, of course, the electoral vote comes into play, which is a totally different animal, and we right. should also get rid of that.
0: So, second part of this Wisconsin, again, is proposing legislation. It got a committee hearing, and it's got 21 bipartisan um, co signers, co sponsors. Brad Path, the senator here, is not one of them. I believe this is a Senate bill. Um, also, dueling bills are going on. Or I don't know if this is a bill. You could probably explain this, but this is a constitutional amendment that Republicans are trying to pass to ban ranked choice voting uh, altogether. So there's two problems I have with this. It, they have to. Do, it's a constitutional amendment, so they will permanently ban it. We'll put it in the state constitution, and to do this, you ha- it has to pass two legislative cycles. I guess if, it, right. if that's the best way to describe that. And my problem with this is: A, you're trying to ban a thing that that expands voting, and B, you get to write the constitutional uh, amendment. You get to write that on the ballot for voters to read. You, you Republicans just banned counties and municipalities' ability to put things on the ballot for for them to pass, except for uh, you know one minuscule thing. But so now they're they're they have more power. They've given counties and municipalities less power, and they get to write the wording. So they're going to word this all funky to make it confusing and make you think that this is evil.
1: Yep. um, We've talked about the GOP and how they've done things across the country, and this is an example. So they just, uh, in Ohio, right, when they tried to change the Constitution to make it harder to change the Constitution, Uh, this is the same thing. And... The reason that the GOP doesn't like ranked voting is they're going to lose. Uh, we saw it up in Alaska. And it's uh, – or their, their candidate their, – uh, I'm sorry. The candidate that they didn't want to win, who was Republican, Murkowski, still won. right? Yeah. Um, so all of what they're trying to do is to limit your ability, the, the citizen's ability, to vote for who they want to whether that's constitutional amendments, whether that's, you know, gerrymandering, those goes on. Uh, and and it, it should be offensive to everybody in Wisconsin, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, 608-785-7914 is the talk of text line. Adam Murphy is hanging out this hour. Um, you you win any money? Adam was at the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas a couple of months ago. Have you, have you uh, won any money playing poker lately? You, you, did you take a break from that?
1: Uh I actually flew out to Vegas uh to play in a World Poker Tour uh event uh just uh, last week.
0: Last week. Uh, last but week.
1: alas, no luck. <laughs>
0: um and I bring him on a he so so when Adam ran for Senate we we interviewed him a little bit just in the in the run up and then I you, like you convinced me that of, of like what you represent is what we should have in politics and this is why I bring Adam on uh probably about once a month. And so adam has and you can correct me if i'm wrong but you have economics and political science degrees at the university of milwaukee and then you went on and got your master's degree in economics at the university of milwaukee as you know the non-trad student so an old man in class um but but yep, when, I,
1: I let me qualify i didn't finish the masters oh you didn't okay uh so I don't want to put false information out
0: there. Okay. I thought, yeah, I thought you got your master's and then go doctorate, but the master's and we've, we've talked about it in the past, the master's degree for economy is, or economics is, is kind of ridiculous and two in the weeds to even talk about. Um, but, but these are the two qualifications and I don't know, maybe other people should get more degrees in different things, but these are, you think are the two good qualifications for somebody that r- should run for, con- for, for Congress. If not, if not pol- political science that you might even be, you throw that one out. But economics, like everybody, maybe should have an economics degree that runs for Congress or runs for political office. At, at least a background.
1: You know, every political decision that's made affects us economically. Doesn't matter what it is, whether we're talking abortion, whether we're talking taxes, right? Um, and so, if you don't know, uh, one of the things that that I hear a lot is it's common sense, right? Oh, this is common sense. Well, if it were common sense, we probably wouldn't have people studying it all of their life. <laughs> Right? It's not common sense so often. And and I I learned so much, right? And I've been a business owner for 20 years. And people think that being a business owner means that you understand economics. And those are two completely different things uh, as well, which is why when, when people say, why, doesn't, why isn't the government run like a business? Well, the government can't be run like a business. And if you study economics, you start to understand why. Um, so yeah, I would love to see there were only, when I ran, there were only two U S senators that had degrees in economics and they were bachelor's degrees from 40 years ago yeah. and economics has changed.
0: Um,
1: the only, and like I said, just it, it affects every, every decision is an economic decision.
0: The other thing too is, uh, you know, with your, your company, it's like a techie company. So you're kind of into this. We, we were talking off the air, uh, a couple of days ago about TikTok and, um, just, okay. So there's this other thing is I feel like, Especially in the U.S. Senate, that the age is, is pretty up there, and and then when yep. we have hearings on like Facebook and TikTok and in these social media and just anything techie, it often leads to really funny clips about old men that have no idea what they're talking about asking these tech leaders questions that have nothing to do with anything. It's clearly you know like a thirteen year old understands it and laughs at the if they were watching a Senate hearing, which they never are but would laugh at the senator's question because they're like, that's not, that's not how this works.
1: Right. Yeah, there was uh, the classic one, I think, with Mark Zuckerberg where they're talking about you know, how Facebook works and, and he's like, yeah, it's all advertising. You know, right? that's, that's what we do. We collect information on the users and what people don't realize is the users are the, the product, right? And users, we as users with Facebook and, and other social media, we're not the ones paying for it. We are the ones being sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of U.S. senators, unfortunately, didn't understand that concept. Um, And same thing, right? Artificial intelligence is the big uh, talk right now. And, obviously, you and I have talked about things like electric vehicles, right, and and everything that goes along with that. And we've got people that arguably need to make informed decisions about these things.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Oh yeah, go ahead. Don't have an experience in, in technology, uh, in innovation, in business, in
0: economics, um, and and yeah, they just make fools out of themselves. Quite frankly, <laughs> make fools of themselves and still get voted in because of gerrymandering. Um, okay, so back to back to economics. You ha- in. And we, this is one of the things I, you wanted to bring this up. This seems like old news, but Governor Tony Evers, did he just veto this because he vetoed a bunch of stuff? The the idea that we were going to pass income tax cuts. If we just say it very generally, it sounds awesome. And then people are mad if the governor vetoes it. We were going to pass income tax cuts in Wisconsin. Why did you veto this, governor? I would have saved tons of money.
1: Right. So this was the second time because the, the first Bill by the GOP included tax cuts for the third and fourth tier taxes.
2: Yeah, highest tier. So tiers. when we
1: look at, right, the highest one. And the third tier, which is where most people fall, um, was going to be 0.9% savings. And the higher one was going to be 1.1%. So uh, it, for everything you made over like $400,000, you were going to save even more. And so that was part of the problem. So this one eliminated that, that top tier. And it was just 0.9% for the third tier, which sounds great. But that top tier goes to three hundred to four hundred thousand, depending on whether we're talking
0: about single or, or married. Housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it starts at like thirty thousand. Yeah, I, I, I always argue this is the income tax cuts are for people that make between twenty seven thousand and like three hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. We have one one group of people lumped into that. That's the group twenty seven thousand right. to three hundred thirty thousand dollars. Like and the GOP isn't talking about like we could take the twenty seven thousand and lump them with maybe people with that make fifty thousand, even though the discrepancy there is pretty great. And then take the fifty thousand. Like we need more tax brackets, like not less. And that's what the Correct. GOP wants. They want one tax bracket, a flat tax. Um, but yeah, like I don't understand. That's a weird fight that we I, Democrats seem to lose somehow.
1: Well, and and we don't always explain it well. The GOP uses terms like right. It's a middle class tax cut. Um, the, the state senator when I ran in 2020, so the state senator that I ran against is Republican, and, and he's touting this. And for the average listener, so for your average listener there in lacrosse it would save them about $24 a month. Yep. That's it. But for the people at the top of that tier and above, right? So it's not just everybody in that tier, but it's that tier and everybody above they would save 2600 to $3,500 a year. Doesn't quite seem fair, does it? 24 bucks a month is, is nothing, is peanuts. And so you're absolutely right. If we took and we added, like, the, the federal tax uh, tiers, I forget how many there are. There used to be, like, a dozen. I don't remember if there's quite that many, but it's close. And so, yeah, if, if we actually wanted a middle-class, tax cut uh, uh, here in Wisconsin then you're absolutely right you put in two or three more tiers from 30 to 50,000 50 to 75,000 $75,000 to 100,000 and we break those out and then starting at 100,000 or 150,000 or whatever is the highest tax brackets and and cuz again somebody making $35,000 has a life that is utterly and completely different from somebody making 100,000 let alone 350,000 and taxing them all the same is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a weird fight, and Governor Evers, Governor Evers vetoed that. You know, they could come back to the table and say, but what the, what the GOP did is come back to the table with essentially the same plan over and over again, I think two or three times. Um, all right, Adam Murphy's going to hang out with us, 608-785-7914 is the talk of text line. If you want to get in here, we're going to take one uh, news break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Okay. It's not going to snow for a while, so I don't know why I keep playing I was trying to like conjure up. I'm trying to manifest snow. If it would snow, uh, then the rotary lights in downtown La the or Riverside Park would be so much more immaculate. I walked, uh, I walked through those at about 4.30 with my dog, and uh, it was really peaceful. I was the only one looking at the reindeer. I was the only one looking—and the lights aren't great because, obviously, it's— uh, not dark out, but it's so it's dark enough out. You can see the lights and there's literally like only three other people in the whole entire park. So it's kind of cool. To, I would recommend going through Rotary Lights at 4.30 in the afternoon someday if you just want like a peaceful walk. 608-785-7914 is the talk text line. Adam Murphy's hanging out this hour. Uh, he's sitting in place of political science professor Trigoski, who's uh, grading finals papers and and we've been talking what's funny is we still talk about the 2020 election adam and uh we were talking about it a little bit in terms of rank choice voting but kent is calling in he's been waiting patiently i think he wants to ask you something about um the 2020 election as well kent go ahead you got uh you got adam uh.
3: hey adam how you doing tonight i'm good thanks how about you good hey i was doing some math here and i'm now i myself and rick and i If I don't have a calculator, I'm not doing it right. But the 2020 election, I think Biden got like 181 million votes and Trump got 74 million or something like that. It came out to 155 million votes overall. But of all registered voters, and that includes the ones that registered the day of voting, there was only 133 million registered voters. So where did this other 20... Two million votes come from. Okay, so first of all, um,
1: uh, uh, the the number that you're you're putting out for the number of registered voters is incorrect, and, and I can't say anything more specific than that. Um, the number of registered vote because there's 330 million Americans. So Correct. in in the 2020 election, the historically we have about 50 to maybe 53 percent voter participation uh and it's jumped up to it jumped higher than that in obama's first election uh up to i think about 58 percent and then in this most recent or the the 2020 um up to uh about 63 percent and the numbers were 74 and 81 by the way not 74 and 181 so um we're not saying that joe biden won by 107 million um but what's uh, Part of the, the misconception uh, with some of this is the, uh, the idea that Joe Biden couldn't have gotten 81 million votes because uh, Donald Trump got 74 million, which was more than any previous president uh, or any, any previous election. And so my question to those that don't believe that Joe Biden did this, Right or that that many people voted for Joe Biden, is, first of all, do you believe that that many people voted for Donald Trump,
3: the 74 million? Not so, but like I said, the numbers just don't match up with me. That uh, it, If you add them together, it's like 155 million people voted, but the election commissions on Google, and I Googled some of this stuff, only 133 million voted. So where did this other 22 million come from? I'm I'm guessing
0: I'm guessing those people registered now, the day of. You you okay, come in with an so, election you also, know and Yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. I'm running you over. There were 168 million people registered to vote in the United States. Um, so it's more than the 150 million. Um, so I, I I the the number that you're putting out there and I I don't mean to be rude is incorrect. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it, we we have there is no cheating. There is no twenty million mm-hmm. voters that don't exist. Um when you look at the numbers, again, one hundred and sixty eight million people were, were registered to vote.
0: it's a, it, it's a funny conversation to have. three years later. Uh, people are still not convinced that we would vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's just it's goofy. and and you know, if if we and for three years, Republicans talk about it, the, the election was rigged, and this is what we have. We have unproductive conversations. Uh, that don't do anyone any good. They're just not very interesting. And and, and I get it. Kent you know, wants to figure it out, um, and that's fine. But uh, we, I feel like we got to move on. Clyde, what do you want to talk about? Clyde, you're on the air with Adam.
2: Well, first of all, uh, Ron Johnson has a uh, professional uh, degree in accounting. So anything having to do with the budget, I'm going to go with whatever Ron Johnson says.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: Okay. Now, Rick, I'm not sure if you ever read the book, Democracy in America. You could just stop,
0: or Clyde, you could stop at Read the Book. I'm not sure if you've ever read a book, and then just move on.
2: No, no, okay, okay. (laughs) That book is by Alexis, well, let me back up. Tomorrow is the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, and the Boston Tea Party occurred because the colonists were being taxed about 3% from England. You guys are arguing about whether or not people should be taxed 50%, 70 80% in order to be fair when the colonists, re- they rebelled with 3%. So anyway, 250 years ago t- tomorrow, Boston Tea Party. Now, sure. okay, okay, so the... Uh, Can
1: I address a couple of your comments?
2: Go, yeah, sure, go ahead. Cool. Awesome. All right. So, first of all,
1: I own I own a software company. I have accountants that work for me. Accounting and economics have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> um, they are they are vastly don't
2: different. Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. That is very rude. I,
1: I I I thought you were laughing. I apologize. Accounting and and economics are vastly different studies. Um. And, and so while I appreciate the fact that Ron Johnson has, has a, a background in accounting and a background in business, but like I said, the U.S. government cannot be run like a business. It's, it's impossible um, because of its very nature. And, and we could do a whole show on that. Maybe someday we will.
2: Right. As right, far as right, now, the Boston... right now, because of all of the unnecessary spending, yes, it cannot be run by a business because people have invaded the whole system, whereas there's three things in the Constitution that says that the federal government should do for us. And what are those?
0: i just, just go, Clyde. Come on.
2: Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Right, Tell me. Anyway, what- we're just going to move on. When we start talking about Constitution, it just gets so boring. Nobody wants to listen about, oh, the Constitution and our founding fathers of the Boston Tea Party. Uh, it's here now. This is what's happening. If you want to talk about income okay. tax cuts, I will say this, Adam. And and this is minuscule, but it's when you say the income tax cuts for working class that the governor vetoed would amount to about twenty four dollars per month for the, the average lacrosse native, right? Something like that? For for the median. For the median. So yep. for somebody making about sixty five thousand, about twenty four bucks. I will say this. That's like a Disney Plus membership now because they jacked their prices for no commercials. And that's a thing. <laughs> like that's a thing for somebody working class. But we could we could change the tax bracket so that that working class person could get that $24 a month. $24 a month is not, not a thing when you're talking about somebody that's trying to buy a car right now, myself.
1: <laughs> so, Absolutely. And, so, and I apologize. I didn't mean to imply that it wasn't. No, and
0: I, and, and, and it's all good. I, I understand it. Um, But like the, the whole thing is stupid because we could work out a bracket that doesn't include people that make 27 grand and people that make 330 grand as one exactly. tax tax bracket. Um, and we exactly. could rebel so, against that, like the Boston Tea Party people did. The, I'm all for it, but I, I don't know. We get our tiki torches and go to the Capitol and say, hey, we want a tax bracket that's fair for working-class families and that doesn't lump us in with people making 400 grand. It's ridiculous.
1: Sure, but let's talk about the Boston Tea Party and the 3%. Oh, so, okay. Because <laughs> in comparison to today, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the world 250 years ago. And it's a perfectly valid point, but there were so two things. First of all, um, there were... Other forms of revenue, most of the time, most, most countries at that point in time, their revenue came from tariffs, um, and we've eliminated most of those. So it's just a shift. Second of all, um, the Constitution that we have right now, and I know you don't like getting into constitutional stuff, so I'll not go deep, but it's actually the second Constitution we have, because the first one, actually from 1776, was such an abject failure financially, because it didn't actually give the federal government the power to do anything and consequently the country was failing. And so while I'm not saying that tax rates should be at fifty percent or seventy percent or or, or uh, you know, anything along those lines, although they have been as high as ninety percent for the highest, you know, multimillionaire earners. Yeah. What I what I what's important to understand is is that at that point in time for those say forty years, forty to fifty years while we had those higher taxes on the incredibly wealthy. It's also when we had the greatest amount of economic growth in the history of the world. Yeah. And that's because, in part, the government is part of GDP. The government is part of growth. The government helps provide funding for research, helps us go to the moon, all that other sort of fun stuff that makes our lives better and wealthier today than it was. I don't want to live like it's 1776. (laughs)
0: Well, you say go to the moon. I say go to the moon in quotes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs>
1: All uh, right. So that's that's the knock when, when people talk about that sort of thing is, you know what? The life expectancy then was also 30 years. Um, I'd like to live longer than that. Um, and part of that is government medical and research and everything else that goes along with improving our lives, right? There are roads now. They didn't have them in 1776.
0: Yeah, we got to pay Pretty for well. them. And if, if that was the only thing the government did, a lot of people would be happy. If they didn't do anything else but pay for the roads. Um, All right, when we come back, speaking of roads, I want to talk about electric vehicles for a a couple of minutes. As we wrap up, we'll be back in a minute. So very tempted to talk about the University of Wisconsin system, Board of Regents, and the fight over the GOP's diversity, equity, inclusion battle. But I can't do it. Like, I did it enough this week, and I probably will rant and rave about it next week a little bit with some people. I have Jill Billings on Monday, I believe. Um, but Adam Murphy's hanging out, he's the owner of big bang LLC. It's a, we'll just call it a techie company. He's my political blowhard to bring on every about once a month. Um, he also owns a mock E and he, an electric vehicle and he yep. is in, and I'm, I, I hit a deer. So my car is destroyed. So I have to buy a car cause I'm driving my mom's minivan right now. Um, and I can't, I can't go very much longer. I did read Adam that right now is the best time this month is the best time to buy a car, but I'm not seeing it. <laughs> And I've thought about getting an EV, but then my brothers who are mechanics, and my dad is a mechanic as well, all just no, 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 no don't do it. There, there, and they have their reasons. But the one big reason, and I don't see anybody, and I think I, you know, I was ta- we were talking before the show. I don't think a whole lot of people are talking about this, and I don't think maybe we don't have we don't have enough time with EVs to think about it yet or to see it happening. And as we live in Wisconsin, Minnesota, up here uh salty roads and what it will do to our electric vehicles because the batteries weigh a thousand billion pounds whatever they weigh uh so they're so heavy that we gotta we gotta change the rest of the makeup of the vehicle with different metals to make them a little bit lighter and those different metals are more prone to rust than what our quote-unquote regular cars are and you see our regular cars rust um so i'm really worried about rust and i don't and 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 now you are too right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah thanks for bringing that into my world um I am and I'm not, right? I've lived in Wisconsin all of my life and, and it's part of what we deal with. What's what's interesting, like you're right, uh the average EV is about 10% heavier um than than a, a standard combustion engine car. So that's that's a problem in and of itself, uh greater wear, greater wear on the tires, greater wear on the roads. But now when you get into salt, right? And arguably EVs are more simplistic mechanically mm-hmm. than right? But you're, you're absolutely right. Everything is electrical in there, right? So if something shorts somewhere, because salt, rust, corrosion, what happens? Um, and, and you know, we were talking, I'm, I'm an early adopter, I, and I knew that going in, but I'm an IT guy, and, and I knew those risks. There's also a reason that I bought the extended warranty yeah. on my warranty, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the rust factor is interesting, because I think a lot, I, I could be wrong, but I think like the motors... That push the wheels, so the motor for the car obviously is in in the hood. But the motors for the EVs are closer to the ground, and therefore, you know, you get a little bit of that new salt that they throw on the roads, uh, whatever you want to brine, I think you call it. And that right. stuff yep. hides, and then it hides in inside, you know, the housing for the the motor. And then, like, how long before that motor is destroyed, and you don't even know it because you can't see it, you can't wash in there. Uh, you know, as you're, as you're driving, I think it's just salt's going to find its way into places that you can't wash out.
1: Uh, speaking as somebody that, you know, scuba dives and spends uh, time in the ocean is always trying to get all of the salt out of all my scuba gear. You're, you're <laughs> absolutely right. It, is, it gets everywhere. I think it's a really interesting thing, and you're right. We're, we're the early adopters, and we're not going to know about this stuff for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, especially, uh, I had the problem, I think you and I had even talked about it. I had a problem last year. We had that super, super cold snap. Uh, just before Christmas last year, down to you know, minus 10. Uh, and the small battery on my car, so the the big battery for the, the EV was fine, but there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a small 12-volt battery that handles, like, opening the doors and doing the things that you don't want to get electrocuted by. Yeah. Well, those batteries are smaller than a normal car battery because they don't need cold-cranking amps.
0: And, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little tractor battery, essentially, or a boat yeah. battery. Yep.
1: right. And mine froze. And so my car was dead. Um, it wasn't the big battery. It was the small little 12-volt battery. Now, what's cool about today's cars and EVs is they can do updates. They can change things. And so I – well, shoot, my mach probably gets an update a week nowadays. Um, but Ford has done over-the-air updates to my vehicle – to change how things are charged or to change how much and how fast it can charge. Or they just did one that Tesla's had for a long time where if you're going to go to a charger, a charging station, you tell the car that, it'll start to warm up the batteries so that they can charge faster. Yeah. Now, Tesla's had that for a while. Ford didn't do that initially, but they just did it as an update um, over Wi-Fi. So that's one of the cool features that we can do, but obviously that doesn't deal with the you know, corrosion issue. Um, uh, potential, but I think it's one of the things, and I don't think that'll just be with EVs. I think that'll be with you know most vehicles going forward that we can can update them. But you're absolutely right. There's there's a lot of things about
0: them that we just don't know yet. I agree. Yeah, the other thing too is I mean, and you can get an EV that's, that's somewhat affordable when you, when you compare to other cars now because all the other cars are really expensive. As I'm learning. Um, yep. But <laughs> if you want to get like a pretty nice EV, they're they're fifty grand, forty five, fifty grand. And and for for somebody that makes a lot of money, they can take that risk because if the car corrodes or whatever or whatever problems come with it or, or or the technology changes, I always worry about. In three years, does my car that gets 250 miles per charge in three years does the car get 500 miles per per charge? And therefore, I a I want the new car because I'm sick of 250. And b I can't sell this car because who wants that? You know, without like taking a huge loss. And and that's fine for somebody who makes a lot of money, but for somebody that went all in, a working class person went all in on the EV yeah. as a guinea pig. This is their, you know, this is their probably probably most prized possession or second most prized possession if they're lucky enough to own a house. And then all of a sudden in three years, oh my car, I can't even resell it for to get any money back. I uh, it's it's the it's the nature
1: of technology. Right. As much as that sucks to say, right? The first people that bought an iPhone. I you know, spent a ridiculous amount of money on it, and a year later, uh, you know, a version came out that was twice as powerful. Um, now, the difference between a 14 and a 15, eh, not so dramatic. Yeah, That's the way technology is always going to go. Um, you know, you look at Tesla, and we've talked about them in different ways, but their first vehicles that they put out were the $150,000 right, sports cars. Well, they needed that to be able to, to have enough revenue, right? But it also was the people that could afford it, taking the risk, that wanted to look cool driving in their Tesla, you know, Roadster, or whatever. And that has allowed them then to make the 100000 then the $75,000, then the $35,000 version, and hopefully learned along the way. It's hopefully. those that, that can afford it that, yeah, wind up taking the risk, the early adopters, and... and you know, we've been on the show where people have talked about how expensive EVs were, and they've become less expensive as there are more and more of them out there. That's always the way that it's going to be. And in another five years, they're going to be relatively common. Uh, you know, buying a new one will cost $30,000. Um, you know, they're, they're at the point now where they're about the average of an high uh, internal combustion engine.
0: Yeah, uh, It's just, it's, it's one of the things like, and you're right. The the technology is going to change just like everything, but the investment for this technology is so much higher than the investment yeah. for even like when big screens TVs came out, right? Like I, I'm guessing, and I didn't buy one, but you know, a nice one of those big flat screens was probably like what four or five grand, and and early people got those, and and in three years they were garbage. But but oh, that yeah. four grand well, isn't fifty grand, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: no, it's it's huge. Well and, and you had, you know, plasma TVs. I, I had a plasma TV that was that was five grand. It's still around. Um, uh you know, we don't use it, but it's it it still works. Um but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's new technology and the risk associated with it. It's really expensive and it's and you know it's going to change, which is gonna suck down the road.
0: The one thing I'm worried about and if it's changed, we only got a minute here. Uh, it is, if it's going to change in a way where the literal battery that we're putting in the cars disappears and we use some other way to power an electric vehicle, like, oh, we figured out this different cell um, and it doesn't run on lithium ion. And I don't know if I, I've read like there's some yeah. I've read some articles about that, but I'm like, wow, in five years, we might just have like this like completely different way of, of running an EV.
1: Well, and I, I love the ideas that some of the company, car companies are looking at doing modular um, so that those battery packs can be swapped out and replaced. Um, I think that makes a ton of sense.
0: Oh, you, and, Adam, oh, Adam, I've worked, so I worked at Kimberly-Clark uh, driving forklifts, and this is what we, we have to do this with EVs. So when the forklift battery dies, because they're all electric, and the battery is like 5,000 pounds, and you sit on it, it's a big square, and you the chair is on top of it, it's kind of funny. But you have to take all this training, and you just put the, the, the forklift in a bay, the, the battery, yep. you, you pick the battery up with a huge clamp, you take it out and put a new battery in. That's what we need. Everyone needs the yep. same battery. We all need to run on the same battery, and you just go to the gas station and a guy flips your battery. We run on a subscription-based model where we subscribe to batteries and buy the car.
1: Yep, and let me say that's, in my opinion, one place where government comes into play. Yeah. Taking it back to into politics is that, you know, we need standards. And standards are really hard to come by when things are first happening. Sure. So yep. now Tesla is the standard for charging stations, and so now Ford and General Motors and some of the others have made an agreement with Tesla to be able to use Tesla's chargers because those have kind of become the standard. But that's one of, the, one of the places where I think government needs to come into play.
0: Yeah maybe we maybe we don't depend on everything that's Elon Musk <laughs> the satellite oh. internet the the <laughs> charging stations and the rockets. Um all right that's Adam Murphy owner of Big Bang LLC our political blowhard. Thanks a lot Adam. Hey
3: Rick I appreciate it. Have a good weekend everybody. Yeah you
0: too thanks.